Darvin Ham says playing Anthony Davis at the five more this season is under heavy consideration. LA didn't offer Dennis Schroeder the 84 million. And right now, the legacy of Draymond Green, the legacy documentary, all that and much, much more on the Laker 82-16 series. It's a part of the Chill Bravado podcast. That's right, where we cover the grind of an 82-game season, and it takes 16 wins against the chip in the end. We have a lot to discuss today. I condensed it down because I don't want to get too long with this one, but it's like a couple topics that I want to hit. So I'm definitely going to talk about the Legacy documentary, and it's just a little spot in there that if you don't watch anything else in this documentary, I suggest you watch. We'll talk about that later. And I want to talk about Dennis. I want to talk about AD at the five and some of the things that makes me trigger. It triggers me and makes me think about as well as, you know, I'm Kendrick Nunn rolling, man. So I, I just got some ifs and some, some what ifs about that situation. That I've been kind of throwing out there. Nobody really kind of answered me. Cause we never got to see it. The what ifs like the Marvel universe. So this is your boy, chill B. This is the Laker 82 16. Let's go. <laughs> All right, we are back. This is your boy, Chill B. Go Apple Podcasts, Spotify, all, all places that you can listen. Go like, subscribe, do all that good stuff. But I want to talk about AD and his return. Let's talk preseason before we get into the whole Darwin Ham, um, you know, situation. All right, man, AD, he did his thing, man. He came out, he dropped a lot of points. He looked good on defense, moved well, looked very, you know, fluent, and I know... I don't think the trigger me was when at the end of the game, he was like, um, after the game was over, he, you know, his back kind of tightened up again. So that scares me. But when, when are we not scared when AD does anything? Like he, he fell one time and he turned, he rolled and I was like, Oh, is he grabbing his ankle? But he was just reaching his hand up for a teammate. So we're going to have this PTSD, this type of anxiety, you know, cause I'm a part of the anxiety prevention program where I, I'm here to calm people down. No matter what fan base it is, I'm here for the Lakers because that's the team I love and followed for for forever. But any fan base, it, I, I can help you out, man. Any situation, I'll let you know. That's why it's a chill bravado, man. I'm going to give you a calm and humble opinion and, and a confidence that you never get anywhere else but right here. Because I'm here for you, man. Like, when I talk about my team and talk about their opponents, it's just, it's all entertainment. But at the end of the day, we understand how this grind goes or we don't understand how this grind goes personally. So I try to be the one that kind of speaks right down the middle. And down the middle, I'm looking at his AD look great. And then I hear Darvin Ham say, hey, he is under heavy consideration of starting at the five. And it makes me think of a few things before, I, you know, I want to get to the preseason guys. But, you know, after seeing AD's preseason um, return, let's talk about this first. AD at the five. What this means for our other bigs. So TB and DJ, Thomas Bryant, and Jones. Jones still has yet to really show, like, I'm separating myself away from Thomas Bryant. And that's alarming to me, but maybe it's just because it's preseason. He's not getting a lot of shifts with the, the main guys, so I'm trying not to be too, too caught up into that. But just off the first showing, I'm like, eh, that's what would have been my thing with him, eh. Um, defensively, 
I'm, I'm, I'm looking at him and say he's younger. You know, he moves, he moves pretty well. But it's just still, I have a question about his pick and roll defense and um, his, you know, just, just a few things because he does some, some things well, but he also does some things that's just kind of mediocre. And I don't want to get to the point where we're looking at him and we're like, yeah, this ain't, this ain't the guy we want to start. Because in the beginning, I thought he was because I'm going off the, the little 10 days he had with us a couple years ago. He was dunking everything and going this and going that. But now I'm looking at it and I'm just like, man, I hope we can get him back to doing that but maybe in a more condensed role. So, okay, starting AD at the five, I can see why, because DJ hasn't really shown us, not De- not not Jordan, Jones, um, Damon Jones. I'm going to stop saying DJ because it might trigger some of you, you know, Laker fans for the past, the past year. But he, I'm just waiting to see him with the full collection, and then let's see how he can, can roam and move and, and get himself open with LeBron, Russ, and AD, because I want to see him play the five, next to these guys for you know reasonable minutes and shifts but so far dj just i said again dj is just not showing you know me much and thomas Bryant, who the first couple games i was like man he didn't really play that much one thing and then when he did get out there you could tell he's coming off an injury because he just didn't move well but the game against minnesota he played well like he played better than you know i wasn't really looking for him to do anything but he actually played pretty well now the next game he didn't play as much um, so, I mean, I don't know how to read Brian yet. I'm just like, with him, he just needs time. Like, get timing back. He needs time on the floor with this group and cast of characters. Um, he, he just needs time to get himself back to where he wants to be. He doesn't jump high. He does run hard, though. So, and he has a lot more size than Damon Jones does. Jones, to me, is just little. Because I'm seeing him stand next to AD. And you don't realize how, you know, much bigger AD is um, than Damon Jones. He's on the floor at the same time. And I'm like... Like, bro, you playing the five and you need some paperweights in your back pocket because you're like, but, but I, I want to see AD at the four first before we start jumping and going to him at the five. I want to see it. I want to see in the preseason. I don't want to wait till I don't, I want it. But when, when open the night comes, I want us to be sure set on a lineup that we're going to put out there, whether it's, 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 it's good or bad. I just want to have a set lineup that we can say, okay, and let's look and see what this group is doing right now. I have no clue who's going to start on open the night. So that was the first thing. I'm like, him going to the five, what does that mean for our bigs? Also, I was thinking, wait, wait a minute. Well, Gabriel, when your Gabriel has shown flashes of being very energetic, a guy who he's not my ideal fit to slot between LeBron and AD, but he's one of the guys we have to look at and consider, right? Yeah, I mean, it's not like we're growing forwards that I like on this team on trees or anything so he's a guy who's played who played well he's he's had to earn some type of minutes chipping in on 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 thomas bryant and jones minutes so i'm i'm not against seeing what it looks like with a winning ad lebron and then we'll figure out the two guards when, when ham tells us but gabriel's working himself into being maybe a reason why they feel comfortable moving ad to the five I don't know because, you know, we're kind of just hearing this and, you know, everybody's saying, oh, move Brown to the five. Move, I mean, not move um, AD to the five. Move AD to the five. Let him play the five. And, you know, thinking that that was going to be like this open up the floor. It's going to be, you know, we're going to be able to switch. And, you know, we still played drop coverage last year. And we didn't have the the youth athleticism in the wing, you know, just to do those things. Trevor Reza was a guy who we looked at and thought Mike could do that, but obviously he was not. And when I get back from this break, I'm going to talk about why moving AD to the five still gives me concern about our small ball lineups. 
All right, we're back. We're back. Um, let's get right to some of these names that could be put in the lineups with AD, you know, in a small ball lineup if he plays the five. You got Dennis. You got Kendrick. You got Patrick Bev. You got um, JTA. You got Lonnie Walker the fourth, who I I was enjoying watching. You know, even though he didn't play well the whole time he was in there and he took some shots, you like, eh, you know, air ball here and defensively he impressed me a little bit like i guess because the bar set so low everybody tells me how oh he's not a good defender and all this he, he showed flashes and i was i enjoy watching Lonnie walker because i like seeing guys succeed i like seeing guys work play hard learn through mistakes i don't care if you mess up because nobody's perfect and like, stop acting like your favorite player or your you know your ideal lineups are perfect not going to happen. Steph's not a perfect player. Defensively, he's going to have, you know, he's going to make some plays that's going to be smart. And then there's going to be time he's going to be overpowered or he's going to make the wrong look. I mean, you see Austin Reeves give him the hezzy and then he looked back and, and Austin was on his way to the cup, dunked it with two hands. So, oh, nobody goes and outrages him and Steph sucks. No, nah, but if Lonnie Walker was to let Steph do that, him will be like, man, that's bad defense. Right? So it just, it just underlined, like, you just got to, let's just stop being unrealistic about players like i'm not looking at Lonnie walker to be a superstar star he's a role player very handsomely paid one at that you know he got the mid-level exception and i hope that means he's going to get minutes and he's going to be able to take advantage of him because it's just it was weird that was the one guy when they signed him like y'all put Lonnie, but the athleticism is there he, could t- he said he, he had to get back in the groove. He said he felt like he was playing in Tim's because, you know, he's coming off a little ankle situ- situation that he has as well. So I, I enjoyed watching him. JTA played better against the Warriors, although I was not surprised because that's the guys, you know, he wants to play well against the guys he just went to war with. Um, He's a guy I think over time will fill out a role for himself. It's going to be very limited, maybe minimal, but he has a spot on this team that he's needed. Whatever is it's not necessarily um going to be big shifts. When I say shifts, I mean like like he might come in here for 5 minutes and then he might not get another shift until the third quarter or you know, he might come in early one game depending on the matchup in the first quarter, then you might not see him again to the third quarter. You know like those are shifts. Like which how many shifts he has? I don't know how many he'll get, but he's a guy who interests me cuz it depends on how he able to play off the stars who he hasn't got to play enough with yet so i think i'm gonna be you know evaluating jta and that's um toscano anderson i'm gonna be evaluating what he can bring to the other stars on the team and how he can play off them because he has some athleticism um he has some some you know he's a team guy he's a glue guy i know some people don't really care for him like that i know jr um um you know all things sport podcast host does not really care for jta but He's here now. He's a Laker. I have to find the good in him. It's my job to find like Patrick Beverly. I wasn't a fan of him until a couple years ago. I'm telling you, man, it was like I seen this coming. Because a couple years ago, I started saying, man, he's the, he's the villain. I get it. This is how he makes his money. This is how he's being entertaining. And this is what he does to, to make, you know, a team better. So, you know, I leaned in toward it, you know. You know, I was already, um, you know, a fan of Russ because of the way he people treated him during him the KD era that they had and they would just you know scapegoat him then and surprise he comes to LA we don't do well scapegoat him now so it's some of these guys I just root for just out of pure that's just my you know this is my makeup Kendrick Nunn's rolling right now man Kendrick Nunn's rolling okay Kendrick Nunn to me is playing fast he's playing dynamic 
He's he's still making some ill-advised passes, but that's just I mean you're playing with guys you never played with before, so I understand that. But as far as putting the ball in the basket, the guy's there, and he's you know defensively he's running off of screens, trying to go over the top of some. You know we're trying to figure out how what's the best way to utilize him and his speed and quickness because he's going to be an effort type of guy. I think he knows that he's going to have to do that this year because yeah he's playing for money. Like if he play big right now, it's going to impact his pockets after this season so i'm all in for kendrick but what if last year kendrick didn't get hurt and we had none and monk at our disposal off the bench start to line up however you want to do it and they just play two different like monk is smooth monk monk will dunk on you too if you're not careful but monk is just smooth he comes off pulls up mm. but kendrick is so like like dynamic like bam 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 and he's gone in there up and under like it's these two crazy scorers who does who do it both you know different ways but both are three level scores so it's just amazing what they're able to do and i enjoyed it and i just hate we did not get an opportunity to see that one two punch off the bench or or just you know sh- and with you know shifting like you always had one of them on the court at one time it would have been fun to watch dennis schroeder schroeder whatever you want to call him he's back with us and now he's finally with the team um he's familiar with darvin ham from his atlanta days He's definitely um, wanted to come back and have some unfinished business with the Lakers. He also said he never got that $84 million offer that was cap, as they say. So Dennis is here to put all that aside and let's hoop. And I'm just curious to see how he's going to be used in this room full of guards, 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 guards. Like, we got guards galore. Like, we got them all over the place. And I'm excited, but I'm a little nervous at the same time because I have no idea how we're going to mix and match these guys up. Who is really going to get a chance to play full minutes? Like, I know that Lonnie Walker has to. Kendrick Nunn's worked himself in there. Um, You know, we know Russ is going to get in there, but closing lineups? It's going to be interesting. So, Dennis is a guy I'm ready to see play. But let's give a shout-out to Matthew Ryan. Matt Ryan, not the the former Falcon, not the current Colt. Matt Ryan was out there balling against the Warriors. I mean, when he brought in those three balls, fop, fop, fop. And Darvin Ham said, this guy... He's about to make himself, you know, on a roster. He's going to find himself on a roster shooting like that. And not necessarily the Lakers. Not necessarily here. But I'm telling you, after that performance, the fans are looking at him. So now when we play again and he comes out and he has similar success and hopefully it's with the stars, that's going to make us look at, um, you know, it's going to make us look at Cole Swider. It's going to make us look at Scottie Pippen Jr. It's going to make us look at Damon Jones. And you can be like, hey, cuh. Hey, cuh. Hey, man. What you still doing here? Like, hey, go, go on. Get, get your locker. Yeah. Give, give Matt Ryan give, give Matt Ryan your lock. Matter of fact, we're going to get him a new lock. We appreciate your services. Here's your check. You know? So it's just going to be interesting to see what's going to happen, you know, if he puts on another performance like that. Because then you got to start saying, hey, man, I know he can't defend that great, but, well, look at that shot where that thing splash. Okay? That was a splash cousin. You know what I'm saying? He was there. You know, okay, he's not a splash brother, but he was pulling with confidence. We'll be right back. All right, as we wrap up, I want to touch on the Draymond Green situation, not necessarily the fight that we've seen. Um, not fight, the 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 assault, the punch that we seen on Jordan Poole. You know, I kinda joked about it before I didn't the video came out. I was just hearing the little the little stuff. So I didn't have any visual. But now that we have that visual and everybody 
just kind of being the tough guy and saying, hey, well, Jordan Poole shouldn't. I, I said it was not, it was a cheap shot, but it wasn't like a snuff. Somebody was like, hey, he snuffed him. No, no, no. To me, snuff is when you come up and you hit somebody and they're unaware that they were in any danger. Poole, you can tell, or maybe just wasn't ready, hasn't been in a lot of fights or just wasn't expecting that to pop off. Um, Draymond pulled that thing out, out, out of the chamber. You know, he, he pulled out, you know, I don't know, man. That, that, that look real. It's hard to come back from that one. Like, be be cool again. Like, push me. But the way he swung at him and tried to connect, but he tried to knock old boy out. And people trying to say he knocked him out cold here. You know, but forget all that. Really, all I look at it is it's just unfortunate that it happened. And then it's unfortunate that it leaked. And now it's unfortunate that Jordan Poole has to deal with this um, at any level. You know, the embarrassment of it. But he came out. He balled against the Lakers. You can show. It showed that. He's just trying to get on the court and do his thing. I mean, I mean that still doesn't, you know, cover up the the, the mental aspect of it. He has to deal with that because him and Draymond are going to have to have a talk. Eventually, Draymond's going to come back. And now, moving forward, when you are having like, those intense moments in the game or, or, you know, intense parts of the season, and you need to say something to each other or you need to clarify something or, or just get on to your teammate, is that playing in the back of your mind? Like, oh, well, here they go again. I'll hear, you know, I ain't going to say nothing to him because I don't want to get, you know, is Draymond Green going to be in his best behavior or is he going to, you know, revert back to being himself, which is the guy who's really been the, the leader, the rah-rah guy, the talker. Is this going to limit his, you know, you know, vocality, if that's a word, sound good. If, if, is it going to, you know, limit his vocal um, and leadership experience that he has given this team? Because, and then people start looking at Steph and Clay, like, well, why ain't they saying that? And I mean, that's not really their lane. They don't do that. They'll talk behind closed doors. You can tell the way Curry and and and, and Kerr put their arms around on Jordan Poole. I mean, I mean, they picked their side. So now let's get to the Draymond Green stuff. I, I, I got all the real stuff out of the way. Let's play. Draymond Green, I would not trade for Draymond Green this season because it's just I just don't see a clear path to get that. But if you were to get some three-team deal done where Russ goes here and Dre comes here and so-and-so goes there and we get all the money right, all that stuff worked out, you slot Draymond in between LeBron and AD, and it changes the dynamic of your ball club because it just gives you something that the Lakers don't have at that forward position because we have it at Pat Bev. We have it in Dennis Schroeder in a lesser degree, but still have it. But... You know, Draymond brings something at that forward position that is different, and yeah, it is needed. But you know, I'm not about to sit here and say dog because if I, you know, how I feel about the dog reference, got that dog in him. But anyways, you know, that's that's already been discussed. But Draymond brings a different element that the Lakers don't have, and it seriously would intrigue me and, and make it very interesting if he was to be a Laker this year. Because it will make us the ultimate villain. I mean, people already can't stand LeBron. And people already, you know, call AD street clothes. I'm smiling while I'm saying this because it's just so funny how people act. Like, they really don't like these dudes. And they don't have no good reason. It's just, they can't stand them, bro. It's like, I don't know. It's just funny how this works. I guess in other fan bases, I get it too. Because there's certain guys I just can't stand. But I don't think it's a superstar or a star that I just, just dread unless you play for like a rival. Okay, we get it together. But realistically, Draymond wants to come to this team next year. It will make more sense to me because, you know, then you'll be able to make some moves, <clears throat> you know, in the offseason or around that time, training camp, where you have more cohesion, more chemistry, get, you know, really think out the roster 
and and do it in a way where you can benefit skill sets that are going to be here. If you just throw Draymond on this team now, it doesn't guarantee you win a title. It just means it it, it, it really it just slows down the Warriors' chances of winning the title, and then it just increases the Clippers' chances of winning the title. So I don't want to do that. So Draymond, just stay with Golden State for the rest of the year, win or lose, whatever you're going to do. Then next year, you know, opt out of that player option, come on over to LA with your bra with with, with Bron because. I'm telling you, a couple years ago, I was like, these dudes getting real friendly. And every time I see somebody get friendly with LeBron, they end up being on his team. So Pat Bev, I was I was saying Pat Bev to the Lakers, and then it happened. And I was like, oh, see, it's, it, just pay attention. When you start seeing guys get real, like, kiki with LeBron, and that makes me sick a little bit, but that's just the old school in me. I'm watching, man, because it's, it's just there. So on, on a serious note, though, ending on the serious note, uh, legacy documentary on Hulu. Um, the, the the Kobe part of the finale, where they kind of discussed the walkthrough in the you know, play by play of how that night went. You know, LeBron, you know, passes Kobe in Philly. They get on the plane. You know, they're resting up. They're going back to LA. And then you know, AD gives you the you know his reaction. Dwight, LeBron, all these guys. And then they start bringing in former players and teammates. And I'm telling you, the Shaq part told me up. You know, just hearing it again. Um, you know, just you know, Jerry West was a mess the whole time afterwards, having to go on these these shows and talk about it. But just hearing this part of the documentary where the players who were on the team kind of gave you like where they was at mentally during that part. It was rough to watch. It was it was it was one of those where your eyes might start sweating a little bit if you really in, you know, locked in to the sports world as well as being a Kobe and Laker fan, however you feel about it. It was tough. So you know, just hearing that night play out was crazy. And I remember to end on this, I remember where I was at. I was coming home from church, man. You know, you know, me and my wife was coming home and I got a text from my cousin. Like he don't even text me that often. He was like, RIP Kobe. And I'm thinking he talking about the record, you know, you know, cause like, like LeBron just broke his record and he know how I feel about Kobe. I'm like, whatever, man. You know, then I come in the house and I get a phone call from my little cousin, um, Quinteria. She called me and she's like, you okay? You heard? And I was like, what are you talking about? You know, so whatever, you know. And she tells me, I'm like, hold on, let me sit down and figure out what's going on. Then my auntie called me. Then my sister, it was my sister. I'm like, it was like three or four people called me. And I laughed because I'm like, bro, people call me. Like, I've really, like, like I don't know this dude. But I, I get it, though. Over the last 20 years, they knew, like, how much I was connected to this. The Laker family, the Laker nation. And that means I'm connected to Kobe and I defended him a lot because, you know, a lot of people don't want to admit that Kobe was not very beloved during a large portion of his career. So I'm I was amazed at all the people who come out and here they come talking all this, you know, wonderful things about him. So that's my day when I found it out. So, man, just go check out the legacy documentary on Hulu. Um, the, it's just a great documentary. It gives you, you know, Jeannie. In the, in, in the bus family, you get to see how their struggles and the ups and downs was throughout this whole time. I learned a lot of new information about them. And, you know, just hearing a lot of the old guys like Norm Nixon and, and, and you know, James Worthy and all these guys, you know, this body divot, my Nick Van Exel era that I really, that's when I really became a Laker fan because, you know, Magic was getting older, you know. So Magic was there. Magic was this big, larger-than-life figure. But really, when I was up in age, Nick Van Exel was the, the piece that really made me say, I want to watch this team every night just because I wasn't old enough to watch the early 80s. I was, I'm an 80s baby, so I'm not going to have the luxury of watching the early 80s. 
in the live. I'm a lot of them didn't watch it live because it was tape. <laughs> so we'll end it right there. We appreciate you guys for tuning in. We have some more preseason games coming, but hey, don't worry. The Laker 82-16 is ready for this season to kick off so we can get going. Have a good day.